Good morning and happy Easter to you all. Thanks for being here. Welcome to Christ Church, a church about lifting lives, elevating Christ to church for those who aren't here yet. I'm Pastor Andrew, and I'm glad that you are here now joining us in worship today. It is a joy to worship together, particularly on the significance of this Easter morning. And so thank you for joining us. If you're joining us online, thank you as well. You tuning in, you will become part of our church body and this church story. And so thank you for tuning in and being present as well. We as a church body have been preparing and looking forward to this specific moment this Sunday. We've been using the weeks leading up to and getting ready as a, as a time of preparation, as a time of getting ready. It's, it's historically referred to as Lent. Lent is this tradition within Christianity. It's been handed down from generation to generation of Christians where we t- set aside the weeks leading up to Easter Sunday as a time to prepare our hearts, prepare our minds, prepare our spirits for the significance of what today represents for us as a Christian people. And it really hits its climax. It reaches its, its significant point uh, during this last week. Perhaps you had a chance to join us for some of the significant services that we had. Last Sunday was something that we refer to as Palm Sunday. And then on Monday, Thursday, we celebrated where Jesus gathered where he, with his disciples in an upper room and gave us the gift of communion. He instituted this powerful and meaningful meal that we're going to celebrate again today. And then, of course, there's Good Friday the time where we revisit the significant story where Jesus was crucified, where he was laid in a tomb. And finally this morning, Easter Sunday, where we remember and claim for ourselves again that Jesus did not stay dead, did not stay in a tomb, but he's in fact alive. To help us as a local church during this particular and special season, this Lenten journey that we've been on, we've been studying a specific character of the Bible. His name is Abraham. Now, studying Abraham is a bit of a unique perspective or take on this because Abraham comes not during the time of Jesus or after Jesus, but well in advance of Jesus. The stories that we connect to the person of Abraham are from what we refer to as the Old Testament or the first part of the Bible. Abraham is an incredibly influential figure in the life of Christianity as well as in in the other world religions. For example, Judaism or is in the the Islamic faith as well. Abraham is a well-established name that has significance to it. And by learning about Abraham, we've been able to learn from Abraham and apply to ourselves a variety of things related to the Christian faith. And it may seem odd, but Abraham actually has a lot to do with Easter morning. Now, it all begins when God comes to this man, Abraham, a long time ago at the beginning part of his life and gives him three big promises. The first big promise that God gives Abraham is the promise of land. He says, Abraham, I'm going to give you a piece of land. It's going to be special, set aside for you. You'll be able to pass it on to your descendants, which is the next major promise. You're going to have a family, Abraham. In fact, your family is going to be so big and so great, it will outnumber the stars in the sky. And through your family, I am going to bless the world. And that's the third major promise. I'm going to bless and do something spectacular and amazing and powerful through you and your family. I will bless the entire world. 
God gives these three promises to Abraham. And it's somewhat interesting as we've studied Abraham over the last number of weeks, we've seen that when God gave these promises to Abraham, he did not pick Abraham because he was a perfect guy who had it all together. In fact, he has a whole host of imperfections. He's one really messy and broken dude. He's a guy who stumbles through the promised land. He's a guy who struggles with doubt and questions. And perhaps the greatest the greatest challenge that, that we see in the life of Abraham is that of infertility. If any of you have ever struggled with infertility, you know how big the weightiness of this particular topic can be. You see, Abraham and his wife Sarah can't get pregnant. Despite their longing and their wanting and their hoping, Abraham and his wife Sarah can't seem to have a child. At the very end of their life, when they are well on in years, and when they have assumed the the opportunity for parenting, that ship has sailed, it is precisely then, when they've given up all hope and the possibility that the promise could actually come to bear on their lives, that God shows up and says, one year from now, you will have a son, and you should name him Isaac. And in fact, it comes to pass. Abraham has a child with Sarah, and there is celebration, and there is joy. And that really concludes Abraham's life. The Bible kind of wraps it up with a simple verse in the book of Genesis, the very first book of the Bible, saying, Abraham died at a ripe old age, having lived a long and satisfying life. He breathed his last, and he joined his ancestors in death. And that's it. Now, this actually sounds pretty good to me. I don't know about you, but living a a rich and satisfying life, making a ripe old age, that sounds like, sign me up. I'm good with that. But when we step back for a moment and examine Abraham's life in light of the promises God made, we actually might see this summary statement a little different. I mean, again, what were the promises? Well, the first promise is that God is going to give him land. And at the end of his life, the only land he actually owns is his gravesite, his burial plot. It's all he's got the deed to. Let's take descendants that are supposed to number as many as the stars in the sky. Well, he got one really good star up there, Isaac. But that's kind of it. And being a blessing to the whole world, I don't know, maybe he made some friends along the way, I guess, I hope. It's really kind of a big question mark, isn't it? I mean, when you look at the spectrum of Abraham's life, I don't know about you, but... I actually find it kind of disappointing. It seems to miss the mark a little bit. And maybe that's part of the reason why I appreciate it and love it so much is because I can empathize with it. The feeling and the experience that I've had moments in my life where my life's been disappointing, where I've missed the mark, where I have not lived into the fullness of what my life could be or should be, what God planned, purposed, and ordained it to be. Perhaps this is why I like Abraham so much. And yet we talk about this guy 
like literally millennia later, we are talking about Abraham. We've got paintings of Abraham. We sing songs about Abraham. We make movies about this guy. There's a new movie that just came out about Abraham. It's got a 96 on Rotten Tomatoes, so y'all should go see it, I guess. That's pretty good. But really, Abraham is somehow a hero in our faith? What makes him a hero? Because it's not his life. His life is filled with pain and challenges and trials and struggles and hardships. It's not his life that makes Abraham a name known around the world. No, it is Abraham's faith. We learn about Abraham so that we can learn from Abraham's faith. And in fact, this is precisely what Christians have done since the beginning. There is another book in the Bible where a Christian author writes about Abraham and Sarah, his wife. The author says, Abraham and Sarah died still believing what God had promised them. They did not receive what was promised, but they saw it all from a distance, and they welcomed it. They saw it out there in the future, in the distance. He would say it another way by saying, Abraham was confidently looking forward hoping, believing, trusting, and looking forward. But honestly, looking forward to what? What did Abraham long for, hope for, and yearn for? Answer, Easter. Easter. Abraham looked out into the distance of time and he trusted in God's promise that God, through one of Abraham's descendants, a family member, would be raised up, anointed, set apart and aside, would actually be God himself in the flesh. He would be a promised son, a promised Messiah, who would walk the earth. He would walk on water. He would heal the sick, bring sight to the blind. He would raise the dead. He would go to a cross and be crucified for the brokenness and the messiness of this world. And he would be laid in a tomb, and he would stay there until three days later, on Easter morning, he would rise. He would not stay dead, 
but would rise to forgive and love and bless the world with his resurrection. Let me read to you an account from the Gospel of Luke, the 24th chapter. Very early on Sunday morning, the women went to the tomb taking spices they had prepared. They found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. So they went in, but they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. As they stood there puzzled, two men suddenly appeared to them clothed in dazzling robes. The women were terrified, and they bowed with their faces to the ground. Then the men asked, Why are you looking among the dead for someone who is alive? He isn't here. He is risen from the dead. Remember what he told you back in Galilee, that the Son of Man must be betrayed into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and that he would rise again on the third day. Then they remembered that he had said this, so they rushed back from the tomb to tell his 11 disciples and everyone else what had happened. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, the mother of James, and several other women who told the apostles what had happened. But the story sounded like nonsense to the men, so they didn't believe it. However, Peter jumped up, and he ran to the tomb to look. Stooping, he peered in, and he saw the empty linen wrappings. Then he went home again wondering what had happened. You see, Abraham. Abraham looked to the distant future and saw the fulfillment of God's promise to bless and save the world, to bless and save you forgive you and bless you with life eternal because of the life, death, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. As Abraham looked forward to the cross, to Jesus, to the life, death, and resurrection, so today we look back we look backwards in faith as well to this central moment, the moment in which all history of all of creation is permanently defined, blessed, saved, loved. And as Abraham welcomed it in his distant future, we in the same way this morning welcome it in our past, that Jesus Christ is not still in the tomb. He is not dead, but is in fact alive. He is alive for your sake and for your well-being. Another famous author, a pastor in the Christian church named Paul would write about this, write about Abraham, write about the good news of the resurrection. He would say, God proclaimed this good news to Abraham long ago when he said that all nations will be blessed through you. 
And so all who put their faith, who believe and trust and hold to the promise of Jesus Christ and his resurrection, they shall share in the same blessing that Abraham received because of his faith. You see, since you belong to, since you believe in the resurrection and have been claimed by Christ, that means that you are the true children of Abraham. You are the stars in the sky. You are his heirs. And God's promise that he would bless the world, the nations, that promise of Easter, of resurrection, of Jesus Christ, it now belongs to you. So that you would know you are forgiven and chosen and as God raised Jesus Christ from the dead so also he shall raise you too this is what Abraham saw in the distance and what we celebrate to this very day I hope that our time together studying Abraham has been meaningful for you. And that you have felt and experienced a strengthening of your faith. Faith in God and faith in Jesus Christ and his promises to you, over you, and for you. With that, Let's give God thanks and praise and prayer together for his promises. Please pray with me. God, we thank you this morning and rejoice in the celebration of Easter. We praise you and we worship you. We join the voices of all those who have gone before us all the way back to Abraham. We worship you for what you have done in the person of Jesus Christ, his life, his death, and today we know and believe his resurrection. Through the gift of that resurrection, you have blessed this world. You have saved this world. You have blessed and saved us. And for that, we give you our thanks and our praise. Inspire us by the work of your Holy Spirit to be strengthened in our faith to be true and real heirs of Abraham, to bless others with the message of the good news of Jesus Christ. In this day, God, we give you our thanks and our praise for the promise of Jesus and the promise of Easter, which you have given to us, your people. We pray this all, Jesus, in your holy and precious name. Amen.